0: One of the most prominent peddlers of critical race theory in the country, Ibram Kendi, hoisted himself on his own petard over the weekend when he accidentally tweeted a statistic that undermined his entire claim of systemic racism. The lack of racism has gotten so bad in Virginia that supporters of Democrat Terry McAuliffe had to send a handful of fake white supremacists to a campaign stop for Republican Glenn Youngkin as election day approaches. And the corporate media have declared that Let's Go Brandon is now officially a Nazi chant. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment Friday is from Maggie Olson, who says, I was talking to an older man at work about the theft issues, and he straight out said, I regret voting for Biden and I will never vote Democrat. Again, it made my heart sore. You know, I'm always skeptical of these sorts of claims because they can sound a little bit like those things you see on Twitter. You know, my five-year-old walking through the TSA said, mommy, Donald Trump is an evil fascist and he needs to go to jail and everyone applauded. But uh, when it comes to people regretting their vote for Biden, that is obviously happening. You can see that being reflected in his approval ratings, his poll numbers, which are collapsing. It doesn't seem like there's, there's really any bottom to them. And it's been happening since just shortly after the election. So I believe it. You get, you get what, you, what you ask for. <laughs> be very careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Now, one thing that you can get uh, right now, which is uh, all upside and no downside, would be Uh, A much better rate on your mortgage. So that's why I would recommend you check out American Financing. There is still time to make a positive impact on your budget before year end as mortgage rates remain near money saving lows. Now, you might be thinking, why? Why? My mortgage is fine. It's cool. Well, what you should be asking is, how can your mortgage work for you? That answer can be found at American Financing, America's home for home loans. They don't pressure you. Instead, Their salary-based mortgage consultants get to know you so they can lead you to greater overall savings. It could be a shorter loan term or a consolidating debt. There's more to a refinance than just a lower rate. It's the reason why they save customers up to $1,000 a month. Why not see what they can do for you? Call 800-685-5696. That's 800-685-5696. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS, 182-334 nmlsconsumeraccess.org. That is Americanfinancing.net. You will thank me later for saving you money, not just this Christmas season, but well, well, well into the future. Ibram Kendi. Oh, I love it. I love it. When you are debating a leftist, sometimes the best thing you can do is just let him talk. If you just, this, is, this was Donald Trump's big problem in that debate with Joe Biden is Biden was destroying himself. He was undermining all of his own points. But, but President Trump, I guess, had been coached to interrupt a lot and try to off-foot Biden. And it didn't work. If you just let Biden talk, Biden would have beat himself in the debate. He would have caused himself to lose. That's what Kendi did. Kendi tweeted out, this race-hustling con artist, Ibram Kendi, tweeted out, quote, More than a third of white students lied about their race on college applications. And about half of these applicants lied about being Native American more than three-fourths of these students who lied about their race were accepted. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Go on. What, now, what does this mean for your claim that white people have all of this privilege in the country and that there is discrimination in favor of white people? What does that mean? If, you're so close to getting it, Ibram Kendi. But then he realized. He realized, he realized what this means is that There is no such thing as white privilege in this country. Actually, there's discrimination against white people and Asian people as well, uh, but notably white people. And for some reason, the Asians get lumped in with the whites. And so if you apply to college and you say, I'm a white person, you are going to be discriminated against. And if you apply to college and you say, I'm a black person or I'm a Native American person or whatever, you are going to be discriminated in favor of your application. You're going to receive bonus points you're going to jump ahead of a white student or an Asian student who have the same scores and an otherwise similar resume. So Ibram Kendi realized that. He realized that his whole claim for his entire grifting career is bogus. And so he deleted the tweet. Then he followed up because there was a lot of conservatives jumped on him. Notably, Jack Posobiec was really just brutal to Ibram Kendi. So, so, Kendi follows up. He says, they lie about what I said to defend the lying of white college applicants. No, they're not lying. we, We were just quoting you. We were just posting your screenshot. That's not lying. That's exposing exactly what you said verbatim. He said, here is their tortured line of thinking. When white applicants think they have an advantage by lying about being a person of color, then that means they do have an advantage, which then means that structural racism doesn't exist. No, buddy, you're saying they have the advantage. You said it. You said that when the whites applied and lied about their race and said they were black and Native American, they did better than, than whites who just apply and say that they're white. You said that, which means you proved that the so-called structural racism doesn't exist. And actually it does exist, but it discriminates against whites and against Asians. You proved that. Jack Posobiec, who is one of the people most prominently taunting Ibram Kendi on this point, He tweeted out, he said, guys, I broke Kendi. I broke him. He, The guy was pushing his stupid racial theories. He's the the most prominent peddler of critical race theory in the country. And then he hoisted himself on his own petard. And then I mocked him a little and I broke him. So then uh, Kendi responds. He says, a white man. He just goes back to this. How dare you? How dare you, evil white man, criticize me, a con artist who happens to be black. A white man is attacking a black person with lies, which are violent the black person resists. The white man keeps attacking until he declares he broke the black person. That's the contest. Seek a book about slavery. In other words, if you make fun of me, a grifting con artist race hustler on Twitter, you are, you are no different than a, an enslaver in the antebellum South. And I'm a slave. I, one of the most lauded, fetid, wealthy, famous hucksters in the country, I am no different than a slave. They imagine white people are disadvantaged. Well, white people are on the higher end of nearly every racial disparity. They imagine black and native people have racial advantages at the same time, black and native people are on the lowest end of nearly every racial disparity. Shaking my head. Okay. So obviously Ibram Kendi, despite his protestations to the contrary, he knows that his first tweet undermined his entire thesis. He knows that. If he didn't know that, if, if that first tweet did not undermine his hustle, why did he delete it? If it was totally fine and it's, oh, it's, my words are being twisted, people are lying, well, then why'd you delete the tweet? Because you know that it undermined your thesis. But there is something to this last point. This last point is what allows him to continue to push this nonsense and make a gazillion dollars on his books and his lectures and shaking down corporate America and winning all sorts of liberal prizes. The hustle is permitted to continue because there are disparities between racial groups in the country, and white people generally do very well. Asians often do a little bit better. Asians became white. Some I don't know how they became white, but they became they have white privilege. That doesn't look like they do, but they do. And uh, black people don't do as well, and Native Americans really don't do as well. Okay, so what is that? What what Kendi is saying is. <laughs> There are racial disparities in income, in education, in all sorts of things. So how do you explain it? If it's not because the evil white man is keeping everybody down and he's an oppressive, malignant force in society, then how do you explain it? And there are, di- there are different explanations for this. The libertarians say it's all about choice. The libertarians say that uh, different racial groups, on by and large, make different choices when it comes to different things. At different aspects of society, and this will lead to different social outcomes. The traditionalists say that uh, tradition matters, that culture matters, that there are these holdovers from different cultures. Obviously, there are a whole lot of different cultures in America, and some of them are more conducive to flourishing in this country, and others are not. The racial essentialists say that people are just you know, in- entirely different, and it's all biological, and it's all in your DNA. So, and, and what Ibram Kennedy is trying to do is suggest that if you in any way deny uh, white privilege, or you know, critical race theory, or any of that, then you're just like a v- evil, vicious, racist, bigoted sort of person. But you're, com- you're coming at the question from the wrong perspective. Then why why do racial groups do uh, do differently in the country? I don't know. It's complicated, right? Because it's complicated. I don't know because different groups have different practices. They have different traditions. They they come from different places. They do, there are different historical circumstances. I'm willing to grant all of that. Okay. But the fact remains that when the white kids lied about their race and pretended to be from the other allegedly disadvantaged races, they got an advantage, which means that the structural legal racism that you're talking about does not exist as you say it does, and actually it exists in the other direction. And so if Ibram Kendi really wants to figure out why there are social problems in the country, you need to look somewhere else look to fatherlessness, look to certain social pathologies, look to these issues if you actually want to solve that problem. But Ibram Kendi doesn't want to solve that problem. Ibram Kendi wants to keep making a couple, buck, couple bucks, but more than a couple bucks really, by shaking down guilty white liberals and, and hustling them at their corporations and their schools and their local governments. And he's making a lot of money doing it. And he's making a big name for himself, but he's, not, he's obviously not solving any problems. Okay, they've got to invent the white, the white racists, the whites, the evil white supremacists who allegedly run this country, they have to invent them. They don't exist. How many of them are there? Like, like three? They don't, they don't exist. And so right now there's a tight race in Virginia. We're going to know the results of that. Ele- well, <laughs> we're going to have the election tomorrow. I don't know when we're going to know the results. These days, sometimes it takes weeks to know the results of an election because we're descending into a third world tin pot dictatorship, but <laughs> the, the election is going to happen tomorrow. And you've got the Democrat Terry McAuliffe, who's a crooked Clinton corrupt guy. And then you've got the Republican Glenn Youngkin. So Glenn Youngkin, he's a moderate Republican. He's running a relatively moderate race, but he's doing well. He's doing well on this issue of schools. And it's hard to paint him as a white supremacist and a Nazi and a Trumpy and a this and a that. So the Democrats sent fake white supremacists to his campaign rally, dressed up. They dressed him up like the guys from Charlottesville with the tiki torches and the white shirts and the khakis. And you know, if it had been, if this were hundred years ago, they would have sent him wearing Klan robes. But, but now they're sending him dressed up like the Charlottesville people. And it was all fake. It was all a political operation. Now, when you want to uh, really work yourself up, not just work up your mind and get your blood pumping because of how crazy politics is, but because you're actually engaging in physical activity, I would strongly recommend you check out Echelon. When you are trying to reach your fitness goals, it can really help to have world-class instructors, choreographing classes, music from your favorite artists, and a community of hundreds of thousands of people who can give you that extra push. Now, that's generally hard to bring into your house. I don't know how big your house is, but it's hard to bring those hundreds of thousands of people to your home. Echelon is the affordable way to get the workout equipment and the workout community and the instructor's motivation right in the comfort of your own home. Echelon's fitness app provides you thousands of live and on-demand classes with great music. With Echelon, you can work out anytime, day or night, and crush your fitness Goals. Echelon's full range of affordable workout equipment, including stationary bikes, smart rowers, sleek fitness screens, and the auto folding treadmill, are all connected to provide the Echelon experience. Around the clock classes for the family, including full body workout programs that keep you coming back. One membership covers a family of five. Right now, for a limited time, Our listeners get up to eight hundred dollars off MSRP to get this exclusive podcast discount. Text Knowles to eighty one eighty one eighty one. Text Knowles K N O W L E S to eighty one eighty one eighty one to get up to eight hundred dollars off MSRP. That is Knowles K N O W L E S to eight one, eight one, eight one. At the Glen Youngkin rally, we're in the final stretch. Now it's we're just one day before the, the election. A group of people show up to the Glenn Youngkin event dressed up like the Tiki Torch people from from Charlottesville. The left wing media ran with this, and they said, "Look at the kind of people that Glenn Youngkin is attracting. He's a Nazi. He's a white supremacist." You know the same thing that they say about literally any Republican who gets close to winning. Any Republican could be. Oh, it's just Trump. Oh no, it's just. Glenn Youngkin. Oh, it's just Mitt Romney. Oh, it's just John McCain. You're just they, well, Whoever it is, they've been doing it. They did it to Reagan. They did it to Buckley. They've been doing it forever. Any Republican who gets close to winning, they call a Nazi and a racist and a supremacist and whatever. So they do this, the left wing outlets run, run with this. But conservatives just knew it was bogus. Because we just, we, while some libs, there are some, I think, um, malevolent libs who are intending to deceive people on this. But I think a lot of libs just don't know. They believe what they hear on CNN and MSNBC. They really believe that Republicans are members of the Klan. And so when they see a bunch of white supremacists show up to a Republican rally, they just say, of course, that's what happens. And it's it's almost always a hoax, if not every single time a hoax. But because the libs live in that bubble, they just assume it's true. And so the Republicans and the conservatives, we knew the minute we saw this, we said, well, this is fake. It's just not, this just isn't real. They were sent by the Democrats. And so it took about five minutes, and everyone starts Googling, and we find out, oh, yeah, yeah, they're just Democrat operatives. And (laughs) so some people identified actually the specific people in the group of five or six people who showed up to the Youngkin rally. They said, oh, yeah, so and so is the treasurer of the local Democrat party, and so and so works for this Democrat operative, and so and so. And all of a sudden, all these people locked their Twitter accounts and they went on lockdown. So shortly after that, the Lincoln Project took responsibility. The Lincoln Project is a bunch of ex-Republicans. They're ex-Republican operatives. So they were kind of paid guns and they couldn't get hired anymore by Republicans. So then they became Democrat operatives. And this is guys like um, Stuart, what's his name? Stuart Stevens. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, This is guys like, um, like Rick Wilson. This is guys like George Conway. This is guys like John Weaver, who turned out to be a pederast and got got uh, the Lincoln project in a whole lot of trouble because he was using his political position to try to uh, groom young boys for sex. So, the Lincoln project, you know, not the most reputable group on the left, they took responsibility for this. I will say one area I think conservatives went a little wrong in their reaction is the conservatives believed that the Lincoln Project intended to deceive people and make make out that these were actually white supremacists. I don't think that's what happened. I don't think that's what happened at all. I mean, the first of all, one of the people they sent was a woman dressed up like a man, and you know, it was like a little blonde girl. And another person they sent was a black guy dressed up like a white supremacist. So I don't I, look. I guess it's possible that the Lincoln Project operatives are the, are the stupidest people on the face of the earth. It is possible. But I think what they were doing is they were sending them there as a protest to make a point. And then the liberal media, very gullible and stupid, misinterpreted that and ran with it and said they were actually white supremacists. Regardless, what, whatever, the, the Lincoln Project took credit. They said, uh, the Lincoln Project has run advertisements highlighting the hate unleashed in Charlottesville as well as Glenn Youngkin's continued failure to denounce Donald Trump's very fine people on both sides. We will continue to draw this contrast in broadcast videos on our social media platforms and at Youngkin rallies. So with their, t- today's demonstration was our way of reminding Virginians what happened in Charlottesville four years ago. The Republican Party's embrace of those values and Glenn Youngkin's failure to condemn it. So if he will denounce Trump's assertion that the Charlottesville riders possessed very fine qualities, he will withdraw the tiki torches. Until then, we'll be back. So, Lincoln Project gets called out; the whole stunt backfires, and so they say, "Well, this is all because Donald Trump called Nazis and white supremacists very fine people at Charlottesville." This is the same canard with which Donald, Tr- or with which Joe Biden rather began his twenty twenty presidential campaign. Don it was the very first thing in his very first campaign address. Donald Trump called Nazis and white supremacists very fine people at Charlottesville. The problem with that assertion and that justification for this stunt is it it never happened. It is tuck that away with the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy. It is completely imaginary. It is such a joke. It is such a hoax that even Jake Tapper, whom I don't really like, and I think he's a big lib and not very honest a lot of the time, and very favorable to Dems and not almost ever favorable to Republicans. He on CNN, even he on CNN, admitted that it was a bunch of baloney. Let's uh, play some of the sound uh, of President Trump uh, back in 2017. saying He had said today that he answered the question uh, perfectly. Uh, Let's take a listen.
1: Not
0: Kill the start higher this. They should have been Charlottesville. Excuse me. To protest. Excuse me. These, they didn't put themselves down
1: as the. And you had some very bad people in that group, but you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Now,
0: elsewhere in those remarks, the president did condemn neo-Nazis and white supremacists. So he's not saying that the neo-Nazis and white supremacists are very fine people. So he's not saying that the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists are very fun people. Trump said, the ne- I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and white supremacists. They should be condemned totally. You've heard it only really from conservative media. And occasionally someone like Jake Tapper gets a pang of conscience and says, look, guys, come on. Come on. You can't push this lie. But that, that's the lie. And that will be used to justify all of these other deceptions to send fake racists into places because the, the real alleged white racists, they just, they just don't really exist. Okay. And the alleged... Structural racism in favor of white people—it just doesn't exist. It's just—it's fake. And Jake Tapper will admit it, and Ibram Kendi will accidentally admit it sometimes, but he'll delete it when he does. What the Lincoln Project stunt says to me, what it proves to me beyond the racial stuff or the Yunkin campaign, is it reminds me that the left can't meme. They can't meme. They don't know how to meme. When I say meme, I'm referring to the kind of organic, funny, effective, substantive jokes, criticisms, political stunts that proliferate mostly around the internet, but sometimes in real life too. The left can't do that. I'll give you a great example of one of these. A Southwest Airlines pilot was just, uh, just touched down, you know, came over the loudspeaker. Hey there, welcome everybody. We've gotten to our donation, destination rather. And, uh, he finished his announcement with those three beautiful words that have gone viral in this country. Let's go, Brandon.
1: About uh, seven or eight miles an hour. Good visibility, mostly clear skies. 77 degrees. Thanks for coming out flying with Southwest Airlines. Welcome aboard.
0: And remember, let's go, Brandon. And remember, let's go, Brandon. So this is is the welcome aboard. This is the uh, announcement at the beginning of the flight. Hey, let's go, Brandon. What does let's go, Brandon mean? Let's go, Brandon is a meme that stands in for F Joe Biden because crowds at stadiums all around the country have been chanting F Joe Biden, F Joe Biden. And one time some sports reporter was talking to a guy named Brandon on a racetrack and she didn't want to acknowledge that they were all chanting F Joe Biden. So she said, oh, you can hear them, Brandon. They're saying, let's go, Brandon. So now the right has adopted this phrase, let's go, Brandon. And it's gone viral again. And the left is so, so angry about this meme. Uh, Tristan Snell, who is an MSNBC and CNN commentator, tweeted out, quote, let's go, Brandon, has become the MAGA version of Zig Heil. If you say let's go, Brandon, you're a Nazi. Wow. Wow. That's what an original thought. That's really what a what a powerful and profound statement, Tristan Snell. That really makes me think about this issue in a new and interesting way, doesn't it? You're calling your opponents Nazis. Wow, I've never, it's never occurred to me to do that. Wow, oh my goodness. The left can't meme. What's funny too, they're saying that Let's Go Brandon is vulgar. It's not, it's it's the opposite of vulgar. F Joe Biden is vulgar. Let's Go Brandon is, it's it's devulgarizing the statement that a lot of people are feeling. It's clever. It's funny. It's really funny. And the fact that you get so angry about it makes it funnier. And you're going to get more of it because you guys get so upset. This is the same group that shrieked profanities for four years straight over, over Donald Trump and called him all the nastiest, filthiest names in the book. But the minute we make a little clever joke, let's go Brandon. they say, this is, it's your Nazis. It's like Sig Heil. Why can't the left mean? There is a simple answer to this. I'm not just sort of spiking the football and saying, haha, we're funny and they're not funny. And there, there's a, a real political reason why the left can't meme. The left can't meme because they are the ruling class, right? They control everything. They control the government and the media and the schools and the tech platforms and the money and Wall Street and everything. And they control all of it. And so they can't meme because a meme is, in practice, a subversive, funny way to criticize and undermine the ruling class. And they're not going to do that to themselves. They already control everything. And that is why just at a practical level, as long as the Democrats continue to rule in this country, the memes, the the memes of production are going to be owned by the conservatives. Now, the Democrat rule has not panned out very well. You'll probably see this when you go to the pump because gas is going through the roof, which is why I would recommend you check out Get Upside. GetUpside has arrived right in the nick of time. It is this incredible app that you need to know about if you ever buy gas, which I assume is statistically all of you. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Download the app for free. Use promo code Knowles, K-N-A-W-L-E-S, to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your bank account. You can cash out any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app, use promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. What's that code? K-N-W-L-E-S. You can thank me later. We'll be right back with a lot more. <music> President Trump just showed up to the World Series. And one of the memes that's going around the World Series, one of the memes that goes around the Braves, is the chop, you know, sort of Indian chop. So the Braves fans were doing this, and President Trump joined in on the fun. I love they're all doing it, and there's Trump there right in his box, doing the chop. You can hear people down below. Is that Mark Meadows? Yeah, it is. You can hear people down below. He's doing it too. Look, he's doing it too. So the left can't do this. They're not allowed to do this. Okay, and we can, why isn't the left allowed to do Because they would be told this is racist. This is racist to do a thing that is associated with Indian culture. You can't do that. It's the Braves and you're not, you can't. Trump is not from Georgia. I don't think Trump even likes Georgia that much because he thinks that Georgia was rigged and took the election away from him. Trump's a New Yorker, so why is he there rooting for the Braves? Because the Braves are, they're the politically incorrect team right now. They've got the politically incorrect name. They're in Georgia, which, which has those politically incorrect laws, pro-life laws, all sorts of laws. And that's why MLB took the all-star game out of Georgia, but now they got to go back for the World Series. That's hilarious. And so we get to smile and laugh and have fun and do the, the Indian chop. Why? Because we're not the ones taking away people's baseball and teams and culture and fun. We're not the ones doing that. We, conservatives, are saying, no, you should have your baseball teams and the names. And you should have your fun. And you should have your culture. And you can wear a sombrero on Cinco de Mayo. And you should be able to wave the American flag. And you should be able to have your families. And you should be able to make jokes. And you should be able to have your country. And the left is saying, no, your country is evil. It's awful, especially if you're a white or a man or straight, you're really bad. And so they're, they're this party of scolds and the right is having fun. Now, it's, it's unfortunate in a way because the reason we're having fun is because we're not ruling. We're not in power right now. But that does that, that is a kind of power in and of itself, the power to weaken the regime, to criticize it, to get a lot of other people around to criticize it. That is helpful. It's, it's almost undeniable at this point that the left is the ruling power in this country. Even left-wing outlets are, are recognizing this. There, there was a, a headline in The Nation. The Nation is a pretty pretty far-left magazine. As far as mainstream magazines go, The Nation is about as far-left as it gets. And the headline is from David Bromwich. Is this David Bromwich the professor? This might be. I don't know. I can't see. I don't, it doesn't have his bio at the end. Yes, he is. Oh, it's David Roman. He's a professor of mine actually in college. That's kind of funny. He's a, bit, he's a liberal guy. And uh, the, the headline is: Have Democrats become the party of the rich? If you're waiting for Democrats to talk as frankly about wealth as they do about race, don't hold your breath. Have they become the party of the rich? Duh. Duh, of course they have. And and here's a here's a line. Quote. Some recent U.S. figures on the distribution of income by party, 65% of taxpayer households that earn more than half a million dollars per year are now in Democrat districts, 65% of them. 74% of the households in Republican districts earn less than $100,000 per year. Right. And yet when I was growing up, there was this idea that Republicans were the party of the rich, Democrats were the party of the poor and the working class. The reality is not that that is not the case. But conservatives did make a big mistake. Conservatives have spent much of my lifetime shilling for mega corporations who hate our way of life, who have nothing but contempt for the American people, and who have no loyalty to our country and will sell out our country and undermine it the first chance that they get. Conservatives obsession with economics has made us politically impotent. The, the fact that we constantly have to campaign. I mean, we don't really do it anymore, but we used to just campaign all the time on tax cuts for Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. We, it is so important to the American system that super woke Democrats need to pay even less in taxes. We need to make sure that Nike pays less in taxes. Why? Why? We need to, they defend Facebook, they defend Twitter, they defend Google. Free enterprise demands that we let Google, a radical left corporation, control all of our speech and censor the duly elected sitting president of the United States when he's a Republican and all the rest of it. I don't think that's true. I was in a debate recently on TV on Fox LA with a a Democrat guy. And he said, he he was going on and on about the, the push to raise taxes. I said, good, raise taxes. I don't care. Raise taxes on the rich is fine by me. Probably won't do that great for the economy, but whatever. If you're going to make rich Democrats pay more money, uh, fine. I don't, who, let them, let them. Eat the rich for all I care. <laughs> because the rich are disproportionately Democrats. And he was kind of flummoxed by that. Well, we need to recognize is that our battle here is cultural, not just economic. You know, I'm going to the National Conservatism Conference. I was supposed to be there today, uh, but I couldn't, couldn't get away from the studio in time. So I'm going to go tomorrow. A really great event. If you're in Orlando, come check it out. Yoram Pozzoni is putting it on. A really, really sharp philosopher uh, today. Uh, so we're all trying to work out what does it mean? What does national conservatism mean? What is, what is the winning conservative message moving forward? Marco Rubio is one of the people who is kind of working on this. And he's trying to buck older talking points, but sometimes he stumbles. And I, I feel he stumbled in recent days. Rubio came out against the, the Biden budget, this multi-trillion dollar awful budget. And and he said, the problem with this budget is that it's not going to build us back better. It's going to build us back socialist.
1: So we've all been following the Democrats' inner party drama over Biden's spending plan for America. But in the end, You know, we're going to hear today that they've got some kind of a deal. Look, unfortunately the media, the way they're going to report it is not what it is. The whole focus is going to be on the fake top line number, right? The squad wanted $7 trillion, the Democratic budget said $3.5 trillion, but today the deal, whether it's $1.5 or $1.75 or $2 trillion, it doesn't matter. It's still socialism. It's still build back socialism. The media and the pundits are going to claim that this proves that Biden is this great deal-maker, bridging the divide between the big government socialists and the huge government socialists. So it's going to fall on those of us who know the truth and see this plan for what it is to inform you, the American people. This plan is not build back better. As I said, this plan is to build back socialists.
0: Ah, oh, man, I... Uh... You know, I like Rubio and I like that he's trying to mix it up a little bit in conservatism. I like that he's opposing this budget. I hate this budget, but this is, as the kids say, cringe. Socialism, it's socialism. It's so, everything I don't like is socialism. I don't, look, the Democrats have embraced socialism and socialism is evil. Yeah, it is. It is evil. The great fight of our age is not between socialism And capitalism, capitalism, a word that was popularized by Karl Marx, by the way, people forget that. It's not. It's not between socialism and capitalism. It is between barbarism and civilization. That's the fight. It's not about economics. Get this through your heads, people. It is not about economics. It is not about tax rates. It's not even primarily about the national debt or government spending. It's It is about those things downstream. Those, those things are symptoms of a bigger problem, but the problem does not stem from bean counting on a spreadsheet. The problem stems from cultural issues. Okay. We have right now a racial caste system being implemented in this country, where prominent figures in this country are claiming that white people are evil and need to be abolished and, are, and need to be punished, along with Asians for whatever reason, in university admissions and in jobs and elsewhere. Okay, we are living in a country right now where little boys, little children are being taught that boys can be girls and girls can be boys, and they should mutilate their genitals when they're little kids so that they can pretend to be the other sex. And you're talking to me about higher tax rates or more government spending. That's not the problem, okay? And this came up during the Tea Party. I remember, I was in those fights. I was working campaigns during those fights. And everyone thought, if we just get the the debt in order, if we just get taxes in order, we're taxed enough already. You remember that T? T-E-A, taxed enough already. If we just get this economics-focused message and don't really care about any of the social or cultural issues, it'll all be totally fine. Then we'll get the country back on track. We won't deal, we'll have a cultural truce. We'll deal with the numbers and then we'll fix the, the culture. And it didn't work, it failed. It totally failed. Valiant effort. I see why people thought it might work. It didn't. The deeper issues open borders, immigration, assimilation, what America even stands for, protests of the American flag, racial divisions, which deepened and deepened and deepened in recent years sexual confusion, which has only gotten worse. That has, has left us so confused as to who we are as a country. We don't even know what end is up. And you're not going to fix the, fix the economic stuff until you fix the cultural stuff. It's not, it's really, it's a real boomer energy to pretend that this is 1978 and we're just in the cold war. Okay. And it's all just about socialism versus capitalism. It's not. Back in those days, we had far greater na- national unity. We, we agreed on way more stuff. Now we don't agree on what a man is or what a woman is. Okay. And so you got to fix that stuff first. Listen to your voters, people. Listen to the only, gra- you want to talk about the Tea Party. Listen to the only grassroots movement that is helping conservatives and Republicans right now. And that may throw a Republican, the governorship in Virginia. It's this issue of the schools. And specifically, it's critical race theory and the transgender stuff. There was a woman who showed up in Loudoun County, where a lot of this is being focused, showed up to her school board and mentioned that her daughter, there's a white woman, the daughter, a white girl, asked her mother if she was born evil because of the color of her skin.
1: My children are now in private school and are thriving. We had specifically moved into out of LCPS due to the swift and uncompromising political agenda of superintendents Williams, Ziegler, and the school board that have forced upon us. First it was in early spring of 2020 when my six year old somberly came to me and asked me if she was born evil because she was a white person, something she learned in a history lesson at school. Then you kept the schools closed for a year and a half despite the science indicating that it was safe for kids to return. And now you've covered up a rape, then arrested, humiliated, and falsely accused her parents of being domestic terrorists. I wish I could return my kids to LCPS. Private school's expensive and I want my kids to be able to walk home from school with their friends in their own community. I refuse to allow you to destroy our schools. They are not your schools. They are our schools. You all should be ashamed and you should have the moral courage to admit you are wrong and step down.
0: Preach, sister, absolutely right. Such moral clarity, and she's very articulate as well. This matters much more to Americans than tax cuts do. I like tax cuts. I don't like paying a lot of taxes. I want to pay the lowest amount of taxes that I'm legally obligated to pay. Okay. But if my taxes go up a little bit, I'm like probably not even going to notice. Right. Or I'll notice a little bit and it's too bad. And we won't go out to dinner a few times that year, and, but it'll be fine. You know what I really care about? My kids being taught that they're born evil because of the color of their skin. You know what I really care about? My kid being pumped full of insane sexual confusion that could ruin his life that bothers me. I can't send my kids to public school. That bothers me. I wish I could send my kids to public school, but I can't. I went to public school. My wife went to public school. We met in public school. I have no problem with that. I really like public schools, or I liked them. And even then, our schools were very, very liberal, but they weren't mutilating kids' genitals, all right? They weren't pumping their heads full of this racial nonsense that says you're evil if you're a white person, that's a big problem. That's a big problem for people. I like to think, hopefully, look, hopefully I sell some more blank books. I can afford to send my kid to private school. Even though, by the way, a lot of the private schools are pretty bad too. Or maybe we can homeschool. I I hope we have the resources to do that when the time comes. I don't know. What I do know is that for most Americans, they don't really have the resources to do that, or, or it's very, very difficult for them to. Focus on that. Let's let's focus a little bit more on that. I know it's a little politically edgier and and riskier to talk about things like race and sex than it is to talk about tax cuts and socialism and government spending. But those are the issues that matter to people. Those are the issues where the left has gained a huge advantage and it's deeply unjust and it's wrong for everybody and you should fight back. Especially when the people who are peddling this have have nothing but contempt for their constituents. There was a a school board... (laughs) A woman, just another woman, all women of all shapes and colors and sizes and demographics showing up to these school boards to say, don't teach my kids this crap. One of the school board presidents actually, uh, she, well, she used a phrase similar to let's go Brandon, but the right, we use the kind of nice devulgarized version. This woman just used the, the insults and the swear words themselves. A California school board president was listening to this woman opposing the vaccine mandates for the little kids who are at very, very low risk of coronavirus, who really uh, should, I think the parents should be allowed to make these medical decisions for themselves. And the school board president heard her out, then cut her off the earliest chance she got, and then said, F you, lady.
1: My name's Lauren Napoli, and I am here as a concerned parent to urge you to be the first school to say no mandates for our children. Let our children, leave our children alone. Let them be kids and enjoy one another. Let them breathe again and smile again. Emailing and calling, like you say, isn't going to help. <laughs> Choose your own path, Scott. Choose your own path. That was very Thank rude you. of you to say. You. Parents are selfish. You say Margaret's it. next. Thank you. Your time's up. Yes.
0: You can hear. We, we believe it that, obviously, but you, you can hear it pretty, pretty clearly because we're a family show. You see, they, the school board members, <laughs> when they're talking about little kids' education, they can use whatever nasty language they want. But we here on this show, we try to keep it a little, a little more wholesome. These people hold you in contempt. They hate you. They think that you're a racist, and a, a phobe, and a, a hateful, bigoted person. They think you're born evil, whether you're white or whether you're not white, but you agree with conservatives, then you just sort of become white. You know, then you, I don't know. How, you're like that guy that the Lincoln Project sent to to the Terry uh, to the Glenn Youngkin event, rather. Maybe you look black or like a some other minority, but you're a white supremacist if you support these conservatives, or you show up to these school boards, or you say don't don't tell little Johnny that he's a really little Jane. You're an evil, or don't judge people on. the color of their skin. You're an evil, deplorable, bitter-clinging, Bible-thumping, idiot rube who just needs to die off and make room for the good, better Americans, okay? This is a big problem for Terry McAuliffe, who's the the former governor of Virginia who wants to be the governor again, the Democrat there, whose campaign is tanking because of the issue of, of education. He came out and said that parents should not have a right To say anything about their kids' education, that the education should be run by the teachers and the administrators and the politicians, and that this is true from preschool up until you graduate. So we're talking about, what, a dozen years, more than a dozen years? And this is really hurting his numbers. So, So he goes on MSNBC and he says, It isn't true. I'm being taken out of context. And by the way, you're all worried about critical race theory? Critical race theory is not even being taught in Virginia schools. What's Glenn Youngkin's education plan? He wants to ban critical race theory. Well, let me explain to you. It's never been taught in Virginia. Okay, so now now Terry McAuliffe is going back to this thing. It's not being taught. Critical race theory, it's just something at Harvard Law School, it's not being taught in our schools. Now, that's not true. Uh, There were a number of documents on the Virginia Department of Education website referencing critical race theory explicitly. And uh, beyond that, we just know that this is being taught in the schools. I mean, we've, we've seen, we've seen lesson plans from all over the country and we've seen the Democrats waffle on their arguments here. First they said, well, first they were pushing critical race theory. Then Christopher Rufo led the charge and then all the conservatives called it out. Then the Democrats said critical race theory is not being taught in schools. And now, then after that, you saw when we can prove that it's being taught in schools and you can just go to the Virginia Department of Education website. Then you saw the Democrats go back and say, actually, critical race theory is really, really good and it should be taught and critical race theory is great. And uh, huge education lobbies and national organizations are saying, you know, it's good and we're going to keep teaching it. But now that's hurting their numbers still. So now Terry McAuliffe is go- going back to the uh, other strategy and saying, no, critical race theory is not being taught in the schools. It's, it's like Dr. Fauci's, do you remember Dr. Fauci's denial when he perjured himself to Rand Paul? Rand Paul said, you, you're doing gain of function research. And, and Dr. Fauci said, we have never done any gain-of-function research, and it was totally fine when we did it. Uh, um, Those two, uh, those contradict one another. Well, it's the same thing here. Critical race theory is not being taught in schools, and it's wonderful, and students should continue to learn it. Well, you got to pick one. This is the nearest thing to another Tea Party I have seen since 2010 or 2011. I was speaking with Kara McKinney on OAN, and, and she she called it out explicitly. Said, this is kind of the new Tea Party. I've been calling it the CR Tea Party. It's the CR, this is, what, what made the Tea Party different than a lot of political operations is that it really was largely grassroots. There really were people who, just ordinary people who showed up and they had 20 bucks to donate, and they had their Gadsden flag, and they they were defending their view of American constitutionalism and specifically this economic focus. Get rid of the debt, you know, stop all this crazy spending, cut taxes, that sort of thing. This is the nearest I've seen to that. Uniting people all around the country around a real issue that, that Republicans have not paid a lot of attention to, forcing the Republican Party to start paying attention to it. And it's all coming to a head in Virginia. Now we'll find out what happens We won't know by tomorrow's show. We'll know by Wednesday's show, but we'll see what happens. Virginia is very blue Commonwealth. And so Terry McAuliffe should walk away with this race. But Glenn Youngkin is putting up a real fight. And now in some of the polls, Glenn Youngkin is up. Actually, the Republican is up. I think it's very important that Glenn Youngkin win this race. Not because then the Republicans can do X, Y, or Z. Glenn is kind of moderate. I think it's very important that Glenn Young can win this race because all the indicators showed that he really could win this race. And if he wins this race, it will defend the legitimacy of the American system. Right now, a lot of Republicans are doubtful that the American system is legit. Okay. The Democrats changed all the election rules during COVID. They put them all to their advantage. We can't count our ballots on election night anymore. For some reason, it's taking weeks and weeks and weeks until Democrats find more votes. And then they can say, okay, we won. And the, the, the left in this country hasn't trusted elections in 20 years, right? They still Terry McAuliffe still denies the results of the 2000 presidential election, still denies the results of the 2018 Georgia gubernatorial election on the campaign trail this year in the year of our Lord 2021. And Republicans have a far greater reason to doubt the credibility of the 2020 election because they changed all the rules right before it to their own advantage, to the Democrats' advantage. I think it's very important. and I think if Glenn Youngkin, I think if Terry McAuliffe comes out ahead, in the Virginia election. I think it's going to continue the United States down this path of not trusting our system, this path toward tin pot dictatorship. If Terry, or if Glenn Youngkin rather, can pull it out and is named the governor after this, I think it would bring the temperature down a whole lot and give everybody a fighting chance to preserve this system. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. Production Manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and Associate Producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate Producer, Justine Turley. Audio Mixer, Mike Coromina. And Hair and Makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Race hustlers Colin Kaepernick and Ibram X. Kendi both thoroughly embarrassed themselves over the weekend, exposing the emptiness and absurdity of their worldviews. We'll talk about that. Also, Democrats at Virginia have all of the momentum going against them heading into the election on Tuesday. So they decided to resort to some good old fashioned fraud and a Southwest Airlines pilot allegedly says, let's go, Brandon, over the intercom on the plane. And this is apparently a nationwide crisis. Plus, rumors are swirling about Joe Biden's meeting with the pope. I feel duty bound to discuss those
1: rumors today. And I will. All of that and so much more in the Matt Walsh show.